0: Welcome to episode 72 of Bee Boomer Unleashed. God is in control, really. And uh, this is Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'm back with you today. I'll be your host for this episode and for all the episodes we have of Bee Boomer Unleashed. Before we get into today's episode, let me remind you where you can always find our podcast. You can find us at bboomerunleashed.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at BBoomerUnleashed. On iHeartRadio, we're there at B.BoomerUnleashed. And on Facebook, Spotify, Instagram, you can find our link at BBoomerUnleashed and on Twitter at BBoomerUnleash1. And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at BBoomerUnleashed at gmail.com. That's BBoomerUnleashed at gmail.com. Well, it's been just a little while since uh, I've been with you here on B Boomer Unleashed. Uh, the last episode we had on air was May the 4th, I believe, and uh, we started into the kind of the history of journalism and news, so to speak. And uh, then I had a life-changing event on May the 3rd, and this episode I'm going to depart from that uh, history of journalism a bit just to tell you A little bit about where I've been, where I've come, and where we hope that we're going. But I wanted to get back on the air today and bring you this uh, episode of Bee Boomer Unleashed. I'm not quite ready yet, I don't think, to commit to one episode every week. I might. I might be able to do that, but um, I'm going to put one out as often as I can until we get back in our regular rotation. But episode seventy-two, as I said, uh, is entitled "God is in Control," really. And um, May third, twenty twenty, I had uh, quite an experience. Before we start into that story, let me read just a couple of verses of scripture for you, and I think it's important that we um, understand where I'm coming from on this um, on this. Um, Podcast. Let's look at Romans 8.28. That's in the King James Version, which is my favorite. I know a lot of you read other versions, and that's okay. But the KJV happens to be my favorite. And Romans 8.28 says, "...and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose." Now, a lot of people like to stop with, we know all things work together for good. Well, that's, you know, you can't stop there. Works together for good to them that love God. Those Christians, those who have received Jesus as their personal Savior, works together for good to them. And we, you know, we say, well, you know, everything's not good. Well, no, everything's not good, but it works together for good there will be some good thing come out of it. Then I want you to look, take a look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 in the King James Version, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So we're to trust in God. We're to trust in the Lord with all our heart. We're not to lean to our own understanding. You know, if we tried to understand everything that was going on in this day and time, we'd be silly in just a little bit. You know, you'd never know who to believe this COVID-19 thing. You know, does a mask help? Does a mask not help? Does a quarantine help? Does a quarantine not help? Should we be quarantined? Should we not be quarantined? Everybody has a different story about it. But uh, you know what? God was not surprised when this pandemic occurred. You know, it didn't just take him by surprise. And I think that he has allowed us to use this knowing that all things, even a pandemic, works together for good to them that love God. Well, let's go to May 3rd, kind of let you know where I've been since May 3rd. Uh, at our church, Elmwood Missionary Baptist Church, we've been live streaming uh, Sunday school, morning worship, evening worship, Wednesday night, and on a daily basis we've been doing a Bible reading a live on Facebook, one chapter a day. And we've been doing that since the pandemic basically started. Well, I do the Sunday school class and our pastor does the morning worship, evening worship Wednesday evening. And I had been doing the daily Bible reading. Well, Sunday, May the 3rd, was a day like typically any other Sunday. I went to church and I live-streamed my Sunday school class and uh, put that lesson, posted that online, shared it online for others to see or listen to. Then we went over to the auditorium and we live-streamed the pastor doing the Sunday morning message. Well, we came home, like I say, typical Sunday, and uh, I think we had Chinese carry-out that day. It's the first day that uh, our favorite Chinese restaurant was opened back up, and we had carry-out, and it was very good. And uh, I took a little nap on the easy chair that afternoon. And then as part of the live-streaming team, I went to church on Sunday evening uh, to help with the live-streaming. So, in the midst of the live streaming, um, about 20 minutes into it, I felt really, really, really lightheaded. I mean, it was almost like I had an out-of-body experience. I mean, I just zoned out. And um, I came to myself fairly quickly, and there were about six of us, six or seven of us there. The pastor was there. I was there. My friend Ranny Hyatt and Anthony Adkins were uh, doing the sound. And we had uh, Julie and Avery Bowen, who were there, to sing a special for us prior to the service. So there was that small group of people there. So when I had that lightheaded spell, I uh, got up and I told the pastor's wife I slipped out I said I'm going back to the restroom, so... I did, and kind of splashed cold water in my face, and I was feeling pretty good. And in the back of my mind, I'm saying, wow, am I coming down with something? You know, am I catching some kind of flu bug or something? So I went back in to the church service, and about 10 minutes later, I swooned again. And uh, this time, I guess I kind of slumped over sideways. Well, our pastor and I, we kid around a lot, and he's thinking... Is he just messing with me, or, or what's he doing there? Because I tease him a lot of times about preaching too long, and I go to sleep when he's preaching. But he uh, was a bit concerned, and, uh, but I came to myself, uh, and uh, he was a little concerned that maybe something was going on, so he kind of wrapped things up and, and uh, closed out the service, and uh, that was that. Well, I was taking the equipment down from the um, from the um, live streaming and putting it back in my bag to take home. And the pastor's wife came over to me, and Julie came over and said, Are you doing okay? Are you all right? And I said, Well, I don't think so. I got really, really lightheaded. And uh, so they uh, said, Well, you know, you kind of swooned there a little bit. And I said, Yeah. So while I was standing there, I started wobbling back and forth and rocking back and forth, and I was going out again, and they set me down in a chair. Well, remember I told you that we know all things work together for good and to trust in the Lord, and God is in control? Well, as God would have it, my good friend Anthony Adkins, who is also part of the live streaming crew, um, was there. And Anthony is, very, is a very gifted nurse. And Anthony comes up and looks at me, grabs his blood pressure cuff, and he has one of these little Apple watches with the EKG on it. And he put that on me, and wow, it looked like the dance of the sugar plum fairies on that little screen. I'd never seen anything like it before. And he said, Oh, this is not good. He said, "Uh, Your pulse is all over the place. And then there would be long spaces where there was no pulse. So basically, I didn't know it, but I was in the midst of heart failure. And uh, had something they called VTAC, which I understand later is not a good thing. But uh, Anthony said, uh, you're going to the hospital. And I said, well, is somebody going to take me home? And I'll have Sherry take me to the hospital or something, my wife. And he said, uh, no, uh, you're going in an ambulance. So I... um, uh, I reluctantly agreed, but I knew Anthony thought it was serious, so I said, well, I better go an ambulance. So they called an ambulance, and they took me down. They hooked me up to an EKG in the ambulance, and the the young man who was tending to me, he uh, said, you know, I could tell he was concerned, and I said, well, have you ever seen anything any worse? And he said, well, I've seen some bad ones, so... He wasn't going to say one way or the other. So they took me to St. Mary's Regional Medical Center, and I can't say enough good things about the care that I got there at St. Mary's. Just excellent care I got. So I got into the emergency room, and they uh, worked on getting my pulse regulated with some medications. And and, um, the uh, young ER doc said... um, who's your cardiologist and I said I don't have a cardiologist and uh, I said I've never needed one he said you've never had any problems like this before and I said no I haven't uh, had any problems like that before so uh, he said well uh, who do you want well I didn't know who to tell him so turns out God's in control once again and they picked probably the best team that I could have had for that I had uh, Uh, Dr. Elhamdani was the cardiologist, Dr. Chowdhury was the uh, heart surgeon, and Dr. Beryun is the heart electrician. There's a big long name for that, but anyway, tremendous team of doctors. So I made it through the night, and I went uh, to um, the cath lab the next morning where I received excellent care from some wonderful nurses there. And uh, they sent me in for the heart cath, and Dr. Elhamdani was in charge of that. And after it was finished, he came to me and he says, well, not such good news. And I said, well, okay. And I I like a doctor who will shoot straight from the hip with you. He said, "Uh, putting a stent in or whatever is, is, is not going to help you at all. He said, we need to have open heart bypass surgery. So I said, well, okay. So uh, they put me in a room, and uh, that evening, Dr. Chowdhury came by, the surgeon, and he said, well, Mr. Lake, he said, uh, we're going to be doing surgery on you tomorrow, but the echocardiogram also shows a lessening in the size of your aortic valve. So he said, I think we need to do an aortic valve replacement while we're in there. That's well. That that's fine. And uh, he said you've got your choice of a mechanical valve or an animal tissue valve, which basically is a valve out of a pig. And uh, he said the difference in the two is he said uh, the uh, mechanical valve will basically last forever, but uh, he said uh, you'll have to be on Coumadin the rest of your life and. Some people can hear it clicking in their head. And I said, well, I don't think I'm interested in that. So we opted for the animal valve. But I asked him, I said, well, Doc, I said, let me ask you this. I said, if I go with that animal valve, will it make me feel guilty about eating bacon? And he said, probably not. But just remember that as you eat that bacon, the um, relative of that bacon may have been the donor. Uh, of your heart valve so i told him i said well i'm going to pray that the whole surgical team uh, brings their a game tomorrow and i think i'll be in good hands and he pointed heavenward and he said you're in good hands so the next morning they scheduled me for that surgery and i went into the surgery probably expecting three bypasses and uh so when i went into um came out of surgery, I found out that I had four bypasses, the widowmaker artery was 100% blocked, I had others that were 80, 85% blocked, Um, I had an aortic valve replacement, and while they were in there, they found an aneurysm on my left ventricle, And they repaired that while they were there. So I got the full meal deal while I was there. Well, when I opened one eye in the recovery room, the open heart recovery room, where I also met some wonderful people who took wonderful care of me, I uh, opened one eye and saw the tube going down my throat and I said, well, self, this is not heaven. So evidently I survived the surgery. So I decided from that point that every day that God gave me, I would appreciate it and I would rejoice in that day and that I would use that day for anything that I could that was of a positive nature that would glorify God and help my fellow man um experience like this kind of changes your outlook on things you know a lot of times we people and even we christian people we think we're in control you know i'm a boss at work you might say i control the people you know we're in control the government they think they're in control We think we're in control over our finances. We think we're in control of our families. We think we're in control of life. You know, we've got a good job. We're making good money. We're in control. But, folks, let me tell you on May the 3rd, 2020, I found out who was in control for sure. Now, I was saved on June 10th, 1962. And I've tried to serve God uh, to the best of my ability since I was saved way back when I was not quite 12 years old. But there are times in my life when I forgot who was in control. Um, and, And it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. We should remember that God is in control of everything. Just like this pandemic I was talking about, that didn't come as a surprise to God. That didn't just creep up on him. And he said, oh my, we're having a pandemic. Oh, I'm so scared. No. God's in control. He's in control of every aspect of our life. And our lives are in the palm of his hand. And the only thing that I can figure out, because any one of the things, the widowmaker, the aneurysm, the aortic valve, any one of those things could have taken my life. And I had the trifecta. I had three. I had four bypasses, an aortic valve replacement, and an aneurysm. So the only thing I can figure out, folks, is that God is not quite finished with me yet. I don't know what he has in store for me, but uh, I know that he's not finished with me yet. I've got a book I'm going to write by the title, Totally Out of Control. And I hope to finish that in a few months. Maybe somebody will publish it, but the premise of the book is just what I'm talking about here. We think we're in control, but we're not. I'll be giving examples of that in the book. But God's not quite finished with me yet. So I came through the surgery. I was in the hospital, a total, I think, of eight days And I came home the sixth day after this mammoth surgery, and the doctors were just amazed. But you know what? I had hundreds and probably thousands of people petitioning God on my behalf and saying, you know, God, help this guy. Help him, uh, Lord, uh, come through this. And, uh, you know, I prayed. My wife prayed. All my friends prayed. People that I don't even know. I'm sure we're out there praying for me and God intervened in a miraculous way in a miraculous way. And we've seen God do that time and time again. Not just for me, but for other folks. And God is interested in us. And if he had been finished with me, I would be in heaven right now. I would have gone home to be with the Lord on May 3rd, 2020, but he's not quite finished with me yet. If I live till July the 9th, I'll be 70 years old, and whatever time he gives me, I want to serve him. That's what I want to do. But I came home. I've been behaving myself at home. Probably the worst part is these pantyhose I have to wear, these compression stockings, But I was glad when I went to the doctor Thursday and he said I probably had to wear them about one more week. So another week and I will burn these things. I don't like these at all. But they have to wear, you have to wear them to keep from having blood clots. You know, they strip veins out of my leg to uh, work with the uh, uh, heart bypass. So when I went to the doctor last Thursday, he said everything looked great. He said your vital signs are wonderful. He said, the only thing I see is you're retaining just a little bit of fluid in your legs and, and uh, in your left lung. So he said, uh, we're going to uh, double up your diuretic, your water pill, your fluid pill. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get that fluid off of you that way. And if not, then uh, when you come back in two weeks for an x-ray and if you still have any fluid on the lung, then we can go in and we can drain that off. And uh, But he said, hopefully, this medicine will take care of it. So I've been doing exactly what the doctor told me. Um, I've been taking, I've doubled up on those pills, and I am going to the bathroom quite often, uh, which is good for my exercise program, too. I'm scheduled to start cardio rehab on June the 18th, where they will monitor me under stressful conditions, a treadmill and rowing machines and bicycles, and they'll monitor me and try to build my heart back up. I'm doing laps around the house now, trying to walk it, uh, two or three times a day. I uh, came upstairs. The b Boomer Unleashed Studio is upstairs, and I came up the flight of stairs today for the first time. I asked the doctor Thursday, I said, when can I climb steps again? And he said, whenever you feel like it. So I felt like it, so I came up today and I decided to give you an update here on OB Boomer Unleashed, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, Jerry Lake. Uh, I tell you folks, uh, I'm just thankful to be alive. I'm thankful that God is not finished with me yet. I want to relish each day. I encourage you to do the same thing. Uh, it's been uh, just a, a wonderful experience, as Romans eight twenty eight says, "All things, all things work together for good, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose." And then in Proverbs three five and six, we're compelled to trust in the Lord with all our hearts, lean not to our own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Well, I don't know about you folks, but that's what I plan to do for the days that I have left. And, uh, you know, we are living in perilous times, folks. Look around, our economy is fragile. Uh, you know, the eco, you know, we're just living in perilous times. But Jesus, and he, He's not surprised by that, and He will get us through that like He has for so, so many years. So just put your trust in him, folks. Well, next week in our next episode, maybe not next week, but hopefully, but in our next episode, we'll pick up where we left off in episode 71, and we'll be talking about what makes a good news story and how journalists are supposed to determine, you know, really what is news and what isn't. A little later, after that, I'll be working with a gentleman by the name of Rick Parsley to bring you a bit of history about WSAZ-TV here in Huntington. Rick reached out following my last podcast, and he and I will be in contact soon to plan out what we feel will be an interesting history of one of the oldest TV stations, not just in West Virginia, but in the country. And uh, I hope you've gleaned just a little bit from this bit of reminiscing from B. Boomer here today, I, I've enjoyed sharing that with you. Boy, I have missed being with you, folks. Uh, if you would like to join us every morning for the uh, daily Bible reading, we're on Facebook at Elmwood Baptist Church at 8 o'clock every morning. If you don't have a church to go to, tune in Elmwood Baptist Church. We have a live stream at uh, 9.30 for Sunday school and at 11 for morning worship and at 7 for evening worship and 7 for Wednesday p.m. worship. So, uh, wow, it's been great to be with you again. Uh, you just don't understand how great it is to be with you again. I want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Be Boomer Unleashed. We look forward to being with you again soon, but until then, have a great week, and may God bless each and every one of you, goodbye.